Welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I am broadcasting from my front porch um, with the uh, Taylor Wydell episode. I actually we set up in my garage, but those of you who listened probably noticed that like super obnoxious cricket in the background. I had no idea at the time that it sounded as loud as it actually did. But uh, so I tried the garage. I've tried the front porch. I've tried. I can't do it in the house because I got a little baby running crazy in there. So um, sorry that I'm subjecting y'all to a little bit of traffic noise. You can hear I-40 in the background, but it's a beautiful November day. I'm sitting out here in short sleeves and barefoot. So I figure this is as good as place as any and um if you're listening to this and you're listening to my voice you probably don't care too much about sound quality because i feel like i sound like a frog 90 percent of the time anywho uh welcome i'm gonna stop doing the like ramble number whatever because i've realized uh, i have a few guests lined up for the near future but i've realized i, I there is a possibility uh at least for a while that most of these shows will be rambles um and i don't want to continue numbering them that seems a little asinine to me so i'm just going to start titling them um something from the talk you know i'm not exactly sure i might uh call this one the algorithm provides because uh that's one of my topics for today but anyhow um i have a few announcements uh, I'm sending. I'm setting a, a tentative date for the podcast meetup at uh, November 27th. Um, I'm thinking at Fire Slice Pizzeria. So let me know what you think. I'm gonna post it. There's a uh, forum for tangent. If you're not listening to tangentially speaking, you might give it a chance. Just scroll through the podcast and kind of. Pick one of the episodes. I really enjoy that podcast. And every person that I've ever talked to that has ever listened to one episode of it has listened to multiple episodes of it. They really like him, uh, Chris Ryan, the host. He has really interesting guests on. I think his listenership is something around, I don't know, I might be making this up, but maybe like 100,000 a month. Uh, It might be 100,000 per episode. But anyway, he's able to get some really interesting guests, and he just has some really interesting friends uh, in general, some some high-name, big-name people. So anyway, check him out. But I'm going to post in – they have like this forum set up specifically for that podcast. So I'm going to post – I'm the only person so far that's posted out of Texas in this forum. Um, So I'm going to post it on there. I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. Um, and please respond if you're interested at all. If you're not interested at all, I'm kind of right now, I don't have no clue how many people would be willing or interested in coming. I, I feel like I've thrown the idea out to several different people and several people have seemed interested in it. Um, again, for, for those of you who haven't listened to the other ones, let me reiterate my idea. I think maybe have like some sort of a podcast meetup where we um, meet at what I'm thinking Fire Slice, drink some beers. Uh, each person can order a pizza if they want. Maybe we'll order a couple of big – I mean, I don't know. This is the thing is I have no clue how many people are interested in doing this. So it could change how the event's set up. 
Um, but what I'm planning is maybe do like the hello my name is just like you're at a Alcoholics Anonymous or like uh, some sort of uh, I don't know church function or something but hello my name is uh, your name and then your top three podcasts that you listen to my my theory my uh, idea is that there's these huge overlapping circles of podcast listeners in Amarillo but where it's easy to throw on a Dallas Cowboys jersey or to assume that people watch sports or to, um, you know, like there's these uh, socially accepted or pushed, uh, like, what would the word be? Events, uh, spectacles, uh, that it's really easy to find people to talk about sports with. I can instantly, I mean, walk, I can walk and knock on somebody's door one of my neighbors and they'll want to talk sports i don't know who wants to talk about podcasts i love talking about podcasts and i've met several people who enjoy it so that's the idea is have a podcast meetup get some of these um i think like the liturgist i think would be an interesting community to see who would show up out of the liturgist um your mom's house i've never actually listened to that podcast but i've heard a lot of people i think that there'd be a lot of listeners to that joe rogan experience Duncan Trussell Family Hour, Radio Lab, hell, um, Hardcore History. I mean, I think that there's a lot. Anyway, I think it'd be a fun event, but I have to have feedback because if it ends up being something that, you know, six people come to, well, that's a lot easier to plan for. If it's something that is a little bit bigger, maybe 30 people want to come to it, I'm, <clears throat> I'm really wanting to let a, I would let, a restaurant no hey man which i guess mondays they said that mondays and tuesdays are their slow days at fire slice um and i'm not necessarily married to doing it at fire slice uh i know one of the managers up there she's super cool and um she said that she thought it'd be fine to do it up there so uh like i said i'll i'll make a post on my facebook page and if you are interested at least like it you know maybe throw a comment in there if you have some sort of an idea but so far um everything that i've put on facebook which i i mean i guess i don't really i don't care by any means but um there hasn't been a whole lot of response so i don't know who's listening to this podcast i don't know how many people are listening i don't know if anybody's listening maybe nobody's listening and the reason i'm not getting any traffic is because nobody's listening to me ramble and rant about nothing um so anyway just let me know drop a drop a uh something in there drop a comment a like uh you know it might end up just being me and a couple people sitting there drinking beers which would be perfectly fine with me um i just think it'd be a fun event i think it'd be something good for amarillo and i i think uh, it'd be something something fun to at least get out and and participate with anyway the next thing that yeah i got november 27th Okay, I was going to give you all a little update. So I went up to El Rito, New Mexico, rock climbing with one of my buddies, my buddy Alex. And um, I'd, I'd actually taken all of the equipment to do a podcast up there. Uh, Alex is a super interesting guy. He's done a lot of things. Uh, I think his degrees in uh, like biochemistry and Spanish um and he's been in the air force and think he was a helicopter pilot and all these different things so he's a super interesting guy he has he's really well read i think he's uh and we were we were talking and we were gonna do a podcast up there but 
we got up there the first day we did a couple of warm-up routes um we we got in a little later in the afternoon did a couple warm-up routes and then went down cooked dinner and we lit a fire and before i knew it we were sitting in comfy chairs drinking some beers with a good campfire going and it really seemed silly to pull out a microphone and set up all this technology whenever I was finally in a spot that escaped all the technology. I mean, we had like one or two bars cell reception occasionally. Um, camped out, bivy sacked out next to the fire. There was a ton of, oh, well, I mean, no more stars than are normally out, but you could actually see them. A uh, really good view of the Milky Way. It was uh, the the moon was I don't know what phase necessarily it was in, but you didn't there wasn't any moon out. So I don't know if it was just blacked or if it was dropped below the horizon line or what. But you could see a ton of stars. It was really beautiful, um, humbling. Uh, it you know laying out there on a cold, crisp evening. Uh, the air you can really you really feel like you're part of something infinite you know uh completely expansive it's uh it's an invigorating experience but anyway we didn't end up recording a podcast i hope to actually pick him up another time uh have a podcast with him i think it'd be really fun uh anyway then the the next morning we woke up we got a late start i mean both of us were slow getting out of the our sleeping bags and cook some breakfast Went up, ran up a couple of climbs, ate some lunch, chilled out, and then we went to Ojo Caliente, which is, um, it's not a very far drive from Amarillo. I want to say it's maybe five hours from Amarillo, but it's a um, hot springs spa resort. And man, so the first time I went there was probably about 10, well, no, it was probably about eight years ago now. But since then, I guess it's really blown up and grown in popularity. We were there on a Thursday, and it was packed. I mean, there was people everywhere. Uh, It used to, it was uh, like $10 or $8 to get in back in the day. Now it's jumped up to like $25 just to soak in these pools. Uh, It's an amazing experience. I highly suggest. Me and uh, Shannon and I actually went on a... uh, uh, our first anniversary was there. We spent that at the Hot Springs, and man, badass! If you're in Amarillo and you're looking for some sort of like a retreat or like just a relaxing weekend, it's a little pricey. They have places you can stay, but dude, badass massages, badass hot springs, really hot pools, super nice people. It's like whisper zone only, so like everybody, they all walk around and everybody's just whispering to each other. It's it's kind of uh, creepy, but it also gives you this like air of relaxation, you know. Just when everybody's whispering, it makes you feel relaxed. It's really strange how it works, but anyhow, we hit that and then we drove home. Got in super late, uh, but that was the whole El Rito experience. It felt really good to get back on a rope and do some roped climbing. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was it was a great time, and I can't wait to get back out there. If if you're looking, or if you're into the outdoors, or you're looking to get into the outdoors, rock climbing is a great sport. It's a little intimidating right at first, but uh, Amarillo Rock Climbing House here in Amarillo, uh, they they can teach you how to lead climb and stuff, and it's really easy. The climbing community is super easy to get plugged into. There's always people looking to take trips and always people looking for partners. 
Um, but like the whole trip, I we just paid for gas. I mean, we split food. It was super cheap, and the everything in New Mexico, it's all national forest lands, which is free to camp on, free to hang out, free to gather wood. Actually, we took uh, we took a truck load of or like a bed some uh, wood in the bed of Alex's truck, but you can actually gather wood out there, which you can't do in Texas. You can't do at a lot of state parks and stuff. So. Uh, anyway, great experience. Uh, New Mexico is just covered with national forests, national grasslands, and different stuff. Great place to uh, to retreat from uh, the hectic life of living in a city, living in a an engineered rat race, you know, a rat wheel. Um, anyhow, not to get too distracted, but uh, also one other thing I was going to fill y'all in on is. Uh, my wife Shannon, she actually just started this new job, and I think it's pretty interesting, um, pretty cool. Maybe other people aren't as like. Uh, I mean, I'm actually not surprised at this. This is actually the way I imagine Emmett going to school in the future instead of like public school. Um, she's teaching Asians or Chinese kids, I guess specifically, uh, how to speak English through this program called VIP Kid. It's on the internet. Um, 25 minute classes you you set your own schedule uh it has little blocks and it's uh just you go in you click once you're certified or whatever you pass a couple of tests to get hired you just go in you click whatever little section you say hey i'm open this time and a kid a little kid a little asian kid books you and uh and you teach them how to speak it's like you run them through a powerpoint and speak to them uh, it's it's actually the program is designed by linguist uh, linguists or a specific linguist maybe I don't know I haven't really done too much research into the company but uh, they've they've realized that the best way for these kids to learn English is by is through interaction so you have an American native English speaker uh, speaking and taking them through these slides and so they're reading. While they're hearing you say, I think it's based off of phonics, but they're hearing you say the words, they're looking, they can see your voice or their, your lips, you know, and, and they just absorb this language. So these kids, they do these little sessions a couple of times a week and they end up learning English and they're, they're you know, bilingual at that point. And once you're bilingual, it's a lot easier to learn other languages, whether it's as a kid or later in life. So um, anyway, super cool. Uh, she just started that. It's a bit. Uh, it's a bit to get used to, just because since she's a stay-at-home mom and she gives a lot of attention to Emmett, he expects a lot of attention from her. So whenever she's teaching a class and he's stuck with dad, and he's getting a little tired or a little sleepy, all he wants is his mom. He wants to cuddle with his mom. He doesn't want his stinky dad. So he throws these little fits. But. Um, we're getting through it, you know. I guess he's going to have to learn that he can't have his mom all the time, sometime. So she might as well be making money while he's learning. It's like two birds, one stone. Uh, not that I'm calling my wife and my son birds that I'm throwing stones at, but uh, you know what I mean. Anyhow, so that's my intro. Um, I'm going to play you a song. Actually, uh, I think it was my first ramble that I did. I played Andrew Bird's Fiery Crash. Um, great song. I'm actually going to play Andrew Bird's Give It Away. Um, 
It's off of his 2012 album, Break It Yourself. My buddy Chris uh, Riley, he actually messaged me earlier in the week. He was sick, so I think he had a lot of time um, just at the house, kind of trying to get better, trying to heal up. And so he he sent me a couple of podcasts that he had listened to, and he sent me this album uh, on Spotify. Kind of feeds into a later topic that I'm gonna kind of speak on, but anyway, um, I listened to this whole album and it was just badass. I don't know, it hit me like just in the right mood. So I'm gonna play you this track off of that. Um, thank you for joining me. Seriously, if you if you've made it, we're now at 1650 into this podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Like from me to your head, you know, to your ear, your earbuds. I appreciate you listening. Um, Here's the track. Enjoy.
track man that guy uh he has a lot of a lot of talent he's put out a lot of good work i was uh looking at his <clears throat> his uh artist profile on itunes the other day the dude has a crap ton of albums he's done a lot of work um anyway this uh oh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and take a take a second to thank my wife um she uh she has to like kind of cut out some time uh, out of the day for me to do these podcasts it's my day off and you know typically on the days that i'm not working i should be watching the kid uh but she she's given me a little bit of time to record this quick podcast so a quick shout out to my lovely wife who uh who does she probably will never listen to this but anyway it's there it's here uh for her to listen to if she wants to listen to it anyway so my first segment today we um we so with being a fireman, we get to do a lot of training, and there a, a new group of rookies just got hired onto the department. So we were doing their extrication day, and which it's it's funny because you know we're we're out there to help these rookies uh, these rookies learn how to cut up cars, but it's it's like really good for us to get out there and cut up cars because we don't get to do it enough, um, which is. So I'm really lucky being at the station I'm at because we are, I guess, extrication technically falls under rescue, I guess. Station 3 is a a rescue station. I'm in the rescue program. So anytime there's an extrication something or another, it's typically uh, through 13 or 3. So I get to go and we get to cut up a few extra cars a year, uh, which is really great training. but you know, through through uh, doing that, and just that morning, I was sitting there thinking about it, and it was interesting because so we don't we don't cut up as many cars as we used to. Meaning there aren't as many car wrecks now that where the doors get pinned or the the occupant gets pinned underneath the dash. That was that used to be a really bad problem with the vehicles, the way that they were designed. It was a it was an engineering problem. The the vehicles were not engineered to crash. They were an engineered to work. Um, and so these vehicles were getting in these collisions. And you know people always say, oh, I, I'm going to buy my kid one of these old heavy duty cars because that you know I want him to be safe. So I want to buy him a tank. Is kind of the what they say tank. You know, the thing is those vehicles aren't designed to wreck. 
the way that new vehicles are designed to wreck. These like five-star safety crash ratings with airbags everywhere. Used to what would happen is in a front-end collision, the uh, engine block would go into the dashboard and it would go into the occupant space of the vehicle and it would roll the dash down onto into the lap of the occupant which a lot of times their legs would get pinned up underneath like where the brake pedals and gas pedals are their legs would actually get pinned the metal would pinch their legs in there so whenever we go out and practice what we're practicing is pulling a person out of the front seat so what we do is we start at the back of the vehicle uh, if if necessary if we're going to do like a full side removal we start at the back of the vehicle if we're just taking just working on the driver Sometimes we'll just take the driver's compartment, but you have to roll the door out away from the patient, uh, attack the hinges, cut the door off, and then a lot of the times you you have to jack the dashboard, uh, or you used to. Um, It's not happening so much now, uh, which is kind of, this is my, this is the, the title that I gave this segment is, my profession is largely the solution to an engineering problem. So, um... Back in the day, the dashboard would roll on. We had to go in, and we'd have to figure out a way to um, un unpinch their feet. So you have to roll the dash, or it's called jacking the dash, you know, rolling the dash or jacking the dash. You go in, you make a couple of relief cuts, and then you get the spreaders in there, and you expand them, and it, it brings the, the dashboard off of the occupant's legs enough to where you can pull them out of the vehicle. Um whenever i first got hired on uh nine years ago it seemed like we made a lot of extrications where we were cutting people out you know cutting people out from underneath dashes i did i think i've maybe been a part of three or four um like actually jacking the dash in in uh like uh, on a call like in reality not training um and all of those came within probably my first three years of being on the job it slowed down largely because Obama did that cash for clunkers. I actually think that this is a pretty big reason where you could turn in your car from before a certain date. It, it got a lot of cars off the roadways and got a lot of people into new cars. And these new cars have been engineered to where whenever there's a car wreck, instead of the dash going or instead of the engine block going into the dash and rolling down onto their legs, they've designed it to where the engine block goes underneath the car. And um, they have these crunkle zones or crinkle zones, crunkle zones. Is that a word? Crunkle, uh, crinkle zones that are supposed to absorb the shock and take the shock. See, people don't understand in a car wreck, it's not the impact that kills you. It's the abrupt stop. It's your body coming to a stop inside the car. So usually your body comes to a stop against the are used to before people wore, wore seatbelts your body would come to a stop against the steering wheel. So you'd have a lot of like thoracic or like chest injuries, you know, broken ribs or punctured lungs or stuff like that. Well, then they invented the airbag, right? So the airbag explodes out. You hit the airbag instead of hitting the steering wheel. It absorbs a lot of the impact. And then the, uh, you know, then they got the engine dropping. Anyway, all of this to say, um, 
I feel like it, it makes me think that as a citizenship, we're actually crash test dummies. You know, we are the the engineers or the uh, the corporations or whoever put out these products, and a lot of the times you can't you can test and test and test and test, but until you ha- start having real world accidents, real you gain real world data, you don't know how these vehicles are going to react. Um, in car wrecks you know you don't know how they're going to crinkle exactly you have a pretty good idea but you know not all collisions are the same they have different speeds there's different torques and twisting it's crazy I mean vehicles today are made to take a lot of punishment Um, which is one of you know I, I feel like so you have firemen to deal with the problem when the engineers couldn't catch it but the engineers are getting better and better at catching it and this made me made me think about um everything in life uh being <clears throat> being an engineering problem viewing it as an engineering problem so if you think about public schools what is if you approach it like an engineer you say what is the desired outcome you start at the end of the problem and the desired outcome is, well, we want smart, capable individuals who are able of taking care of themselves and providing value to the society. You know, we want citizens um, to come out. The, the big problem with illegal, uh, or one of the problems that people uh, say with illegal immigrants is they don't know how we do things here, right? They're, they're not going to be a good citizen. They're, they don't know how to be an American, they're going to break laws or they're going to not have insurance or they're not going to pay taxes or there's different things. There's rules to a society, right? We've engineered these fixes. But I feel like a lot of the fixes and the perspectives were built for a world that doesn't exist anymore. It was a pre-computer world, a pre um digital revolution world we you know it was for the 50s and the I mean, actually earlier than the 50s you know our education system was largely developed for the railroads because whenever you have uh, a railroad or a, a train that's leaving new york at six o'clock and it's going to be arriving in la at whatever maybe three days later i don't know how long those those trains took but you would have to have somebody in New York that could communicate with somebody in L.A. and coordinate some things and talk uh, via the uh, uh, was the D D D D Morse code and whatever you know you you had to have uh, Morse code that's not right telegraph telegraph machine uh, and and these have to be baseline workers we're not talking the elites we're not talking the managers you have to have a labor force that is educated to a certain a certain level. So therefore, you have to have a public education system to educate the workers that are then going to fill, fill in these these uh, spots that make society possible. So the goal, the problem, is that you need these educated people. Well, we create this system, and now we're stuck in this huge bureaucratic educational system where the teachers are strapped. Um, the the real stress comes down on the teachers and and. Uh, it so it's the it's kind of the same thing in my opinion as expecting the the firemen 
to save the uh, save the person who was in a car wreck in a 1965 Chevy truck when the engine block is sitting in their lap and their legs are mangled underneath the dash and their arms are broken and who knows what all uh, forces their body had to endure. That's what we're doing to our public school teachers is we're basically saying, okay, we're going to engineer a car that um, doesn't have these uh, crinkle zones and uh, doesn't direct forces and doesn't divert energy. You know, these kids, man, they are forces of nature. They're energetic beings who are out of control and a lot, like a lot of them don't have control of their brain. And then um, some of them do. And some people, some of these kids, they have control of their brain one day and they don't have control the next day. That's how I was in school. I was a teacher's nightmare because most of them liked me, but man, half the time I couldn't, con- uh, as today, I can't control the words coming out of my mouth or I can't control the attitude I'm flinging or just being a little asshole, you know? So I feel really bad, you know? The the system has to take into account these, like, outliers, you know? And anyway, uh, I definitely had a little bit of a digression there but my my point is um can humanity be an oasis of innovation uh meaning can it in the middle of desert where you don't think anything would grow you know you have this oasis this little spring this um you know little little life spring and around it an entire ecology develops you have all these animals you have all these u- unique animals. I mean, some of these oases, oasi, oases. I don't know. Um, they have animals that aren't found anywhere else in the world, other than in the middle of the desert at this little, at these little oases. I mean, they're so if, if humanity could engineer, I don't actually, I don't think it's an engineering problem so far as there's anything wrong with humanity. I think really we just need to get out of the way. A little kid will learn. It's like these VIP, these Chinese VIP kids that Shannon's teaching. All you have to do is talk to them. You, it doesn't. It's nothing special. They learn language just by you talking to them. They learn things just by communicating with adults and people who have more knowledge. It's not like it's a big trick. So, you know, kids aren't gonna be dumb. I don't honestly remember. Specific. I remember some specific stuff from high school, but mostly I don't remember any of the raw information. I I I remember some research techniques, and I kind of learned how to cheat a lot of the time. Like you kind of learn, okay, what's going to be on the test? How can I just memorize what's going to be on the test in order to where I walk in there? I just write down what's on the test, and I walk out, and I have a an A or whatever. You know, not blatant cheating. I could never really blatantly cheat. It would have really helped me out in school, but I never felt uh, felt good about cheating. So I actually, there was one time in, uh, I can't remember what grade I was in, maybe a junior in high school, and it was chemistry class. Miss Dunstan, I think is what her name was. Anyway, I was sitting in class, and there was a group of kids around me, and the kid sitting right next to me, I can't even remember who it was, but I wouldn't tell on him anyway because it's, you know, be uh inflammatory information but he actually stashed a periodic table to where he could see it underneath the girl's desk in front of him and I could see it and a couple other people that were all sitting around I mean all of us could see it you know and I was and I just couldn't look at it I knew if I looked at it I'd have the the answer and I could you know whatever 
score high enough on the test or whatever, but I just couldn't look at it. And I didn't know the information. It wasn't like I was a freaking chemistry whiz and I was just wanting to prove how much I knew. I didn't know. Um, but I just couldn't look at it. It was the oddest thing, and to this day, I don't understand why I didn't just freaking look at the uh, paper. Anyway, so my uh, my next song I'm going to play for you is this guy named Alex Wiley. I know nothing about this guy, but my Spotify put out a daily mix, and he was on this daily mix. I'm gonna. This is actually leading into my next segment, uh, which I'll get into after i play the song but the the artist's name is alex wiley this is a song called vibration it was in a 2014 single i didn't get it off an album so it's a single anyway i hope you enjoy and i'll be right back Trying to stay too long I just do my own thing Okay And hope it all work out Trying to set the bullshit Up this And hope it all burn down And niggas saying shit They just spitting Ain't spitting it like I do Nigga why you looking around I'm right by you Act stupid enough They might sign you I've been getting shows Men wide to the bio And you can keep your fucking take On what I do If it is super fucking fake When I smile Never thought I'd envy your child The way they so free So why they so I'm just hoping you're feeling the same. I'm just hoping you're feeling the boy. I just know that I'm spitting the same. I just know that I'm feeling the void. Weak niggas, I'm finna destroy. I forgot to shut up when I came. Then we left at the end of the story. When it's all said and done, you sing like a rock. Great moms don't rise to the top. Little nigga, we killing the noise. Tryna hold it, put down the vibrations. I don't even see the lows.
are back. So that song, <clears throat> I have no idea who this dude is. Like I said, Alex Wiley. I haven't even really looked him up much. But that song just <clears throat> it popped up on my daily mix on Spotify. So I have like one main playlist I listen to um, on Spotify. And I don't have premium Spotify. I'm a cheap ass. I need to go ahead and buy it because it makes things a little bit nicer. But anyway, so I'm always listening to stuff on Shuffle. Well, uh, when you listen to uh, Spotify a lot, like so I listen to it on a lot of my runs and just if I'm hanging out at the house, I think it it doesn't want to play the same songs for you over and over. I think they have to pay for each time they they play the song. So if I'm listening to like... um, let's say Humble by Kendrick Lamar uh, if I listen to it 10 times then I've hogged 10 listens instead of them only allowing me to listen to it 2 times and now that means that 5 other people can also listen to that song 2 times for the same price it's like spreading out it's better customer service I don't know anyway so um, I'm listening to this to my you know, Spotify my, that playlist and it starts playing these random songs and it's just, uh, this is, so the title of this segment is going to be called The Al- the Algorithm, Re- uh, ugh, I was about to say, so, yeah, okay, that, The Algorithm Provides. Um, so it, it just started, I was just complaining to a group of friends the other day about this, saying that uh, I, don't, I don't come across new music anymore. Like, whenever I was in high school, uh, it was the age of the pod, the iPod, and everybody, dude, had, it was like a pride thing, how big your library was, how many songs your uh, iPod held. So I was constantly having people say, hey, have you, heard, have you heard this? And they'll plug in their iPod, and it's completely new music to me. And that's how I got introduced to new music. But since, since now I'm an old fart who uh, doesn't have any friends, um... Or friends where I talk about music with, at least. Um, I, I'm i stuck with listening to the same stuff, for you know, that I've always listened to. And I think that's why old people, you know, like, uh, people listen to only 80s music. They stop, or they listen to only country music, you know, is they freeze frame who they were when they were really ingesting new music and hungry for new music. And then it's just like, this is my music. This is what I listen I listen to country. It's like, what if it's a shitty country song? You still listen to it? You still like it? Um, anyway, so I was kind of starting to feel that funk, feel that, that suck, you know, uh, where I wasn't finding a lot of new music. But it's so Spotify just graced me with uh, these new songs. So I went over to the the mix within the app. There's a uh, daily mix, and it just get it just completely randomly generates um, a playlist for well random with air quotes around random. So it it takes what I've listened to, what songs I've skipped, what songs I've liked, what songs I've added, what artists I follow, and it creates like a like a playlist for me that I can then listen to. And so it pulled up that one, Alex Wiley. That was one of the songs, and I heard it, man. It was like it just stuck in my head that like chorus that please don't change on my account, you know. It I don't know, man. For some reason, it was just looping in my head. I couldn't get that like chorus of him singing that out of my head. So uh, I looked it up, and I was like, you know, it 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 
it just made me think that's that's why I, so this gets me to my segment man that was like five minutes of ramble just to get to my segment so um, the algorithm provides new music um, so it looks at my podcast and it looks at the stuff that I like on my Facebook it looks it looks at Facebook Spotify and Instagram and it chooses what I see it Facebook chooses what friends it shows me their posts of and which friends it doesn't show me, you know? Um, I might post, like, 15 things um, in a day, and it will never show up on somebody's Facebook feed that are friends with me because that AI for the Facebook has decided that there's other things that you'd probably be more interested in other than, like, the, the 15th, uh, random ass whatever thing that caught my interest on Facebook. So it, it chooses that somebody else's post is more important or that you would like more and it pulls that up and posts it. And it just, it was interesting. You know, we're so, you know, I, if so, several of the podcasts I listen to, like Sam Harris and, you know, Elon Musk has been largely quoted saying that they're scared to death that AI is going to kill the human race, you know, that our largest threat currently on the planet is artificial intelligence that these computers or machines or whatever they these these gods uh some people are saying that they would be gods because they'd be omnipotent they would know all information that all humanity has ever accumulated instantly i don't necessarily think if i i don't know if i buy into that definition of ai but we're definitely already governed by ai largely we're not you know we're not uh we don't pretend that an AI is the president. We don't pretend that the AI is in Congress. But my Facebook sure does reinforce the fact that AI is governing what I see. It's um, which is it's nothing is ever inherently evil. You know, some things are good, some things are bad, some things are evil, some things are not evil. Um, this is one of those things. Like Spotify, for instance, introduced me to two new rappers: this Alex Wiley and. The last song I'm going to play for you tonight is uh, by this guy named Chewy, uh, C-H-U-U-W-E-E. Um, but I would have never heard of these two rappers um, except for Spotify, the algorithm, pulling it up and saying, I bet Dexter's going to like this. You know, it, it, um, It's built a profile. I have like an online data profile of who, who they see me as, who they think I am. Who they who they say I am. Um, same thing with Instagram. Like certain people will put up uh, certain people will put up uh, posts on Instagram, and I'll never see them, so I can't like them. Then other people's posts they pop up all the time, even though I haven't seen this person or talked to this person in a really long time. Uh, it it it's an algorithm that generates um, what it thinks I want. So it's think think is another thing that we'd have to put in air quotes what does it mean to think is it process of uh, assimilating data and and generating a action because if that's what thinking is if that's all that our brain is doing then ai already does it better so we already have artificial intelligence what uh elon musk and sam harris and all these guys are afraid of um they're afraid of general artificial intelligence 
uh, humans are, are a general AI. We have general intelligence. We can, I can look at the computer. I can type on the computer. I can listen to music. I can uh, do a horrible dance. I'm not very good at dancing. I can run. I can do all of these different things. I can navigate all these different environments without having to switch hardware. Um, right now with computers, they have to switch hardware. They have, they have software and hardware, and the software has to match the hardware specific for the task that it's about to do. So like self-driving cars, that is an interesting scenario because it's, it's an artificial intelligence, not a general intelligence. So there are certain gaps and holes because it's not looking at the world the way a human brain looks at the world. It's looking at the world through like a certain set of data that it's it's an engineering problem that it's told to have come into it. You know, it it set it, it sets its parameters or parameters are set for it. If something happens outside of the parameters, if it wasn't programmed to recognize it, then it won't recognize it and it will uh, mess up. It will not work properly. So that's why a lot of people are really worried about self-driving cars. Me, I'm personally um, actually uh, encouraged by where self-driving cars currently are. I mean, they're amazing. Uh, Elon Musk recently quoted saying that self-driving cars will not be accepted until they're 5,000 times safer than human piloted cars. I mean, think about that. 5,000 times safer. Um, <clears throat> they've logged over like a million miles and there was like one or two deaths in, uh, in Teslas. Uh, I would, you know, I think your largest uh, chance of dying prematurely in America is like heart disease and driving, like getting hit or dying in a car accident. So just to let you know, if if they dialed it in to where it was, you know, even 95% effective, it would eliminate thousands of deaths every year, not to mention the, the drunk driving problem, not to mention a lot of these things. So um, general, general intelligence is the one that has everybody scared because as soon as you have a machine that can drive a car, read a book, um, navigate a landscape... Uh, make music. What do you need humans for at that point? That's the that's the question. That's the. But see, a lot of these people that have these worries are atheists. They they don't believe that there's like a transcendental love that permeates all of existence. Not to necessarily say like Christianity or any one religion has it more right than any other religion. But if you're a religious person, you at least acknowledge the fact that you think that there is something that permeates all of reality to the point where you cannot understand it and it controls everything. Whether that be God or love or, uh, as Terrence McKenna would say, the transcendental object at the end of time that is pulling us through a stream of novelty towards uh, or in a stream of ever-increasing novelty until we hit the waterfall and fall over the edge, which would be the singularity or what they uh, ascribe as the singularity. Anyway, that's a lot of uh, digression. I'm not even sure exactly if I can get back on track. That's how much of a digression it was. But, um, okay, so AI is already working. The, the thing with specific AI that a lot of people aren't acknowledging is that the specific AI actually optimizes um, the need for human... Like, it, it, opt- it, 
eliminates the need for humans to check it. Um, me saying this out, so I have no clue how this computer works, how it does what it does. It was engineered to where whenever I push on this little pad, it has enough intelligence, it has enough um, operating parameters to where it moves a little cursor around and opens up all these apps and all this software, this the hardware and software, it's almost impossible to separate. Um, so it works generally. Man, I'm sorry, I kind of went off the rails there for a second. I know I was talking about Spotify and Facebook and um in a profile but i just completely lost my train of thought so anyway um sometimes it happens you know i mean you try to sit in front of a microphone for 53 minutes and ramble just uh, you know i got a little pad i kind of write like these uh i try to keep myself in time and in tune but i obviously am not very good at it yet so but hopefully you get you get something out of that um I have a couple of more points that I'm going to um, iterate, and then I will leave you with this last song. So the the next thing I have written down is if we can imagine it, then it is not alien. It is not from a different place if we can imagine it. Uh, it is just an unrealized or uncreated uh, solution, possibly we could call it, Uh it, it just hasn't happened yet. That's the beauty of, like, novelty and the, the fact. So, like, uh, in Christianity, you know, with uh, King Solomon, there's this large, it's all been done before, it's all been done, it's all meaningless, this, uh, it's a, what does he say, pointless chasing after the wind or, you know, like it's trying to catch the sun or whatever. I can't remember the exact language. I probably should have looked that up before I tried quoting it, but just I'm sure you have a Bible somewhere near you. If not, Google it. But King Solomon, it's meaningless. Just do that, and it'll pull up the... I'm sure it'll pull up a close enough quote. But um, we have this thought that uh, it's all been done. It's it's and, and I think largely a lot of things do repeat themselves, but it's in a novel way. Like the first time somebody figured out what electricity did you know it it starts a revolution from that point on nothing will ever be the same like a a certain amount of chaos or um innovation has been entered into the world and cannot be removed you know like once you once you live with electricity like if all the lights joe rogan has this uh I don't know if it was a bit. I think it was. I think he had a comedy bit about it where he said, you know, if if all the lights just turned off one day, that, like, most people would just sit on their couch like, okay, well, I'm sure they'll get the power back on one of these days. And then, like, two or three days later, you'd be, like, wandering out in the street like, hey, uh, have you heard? Are are the smart people going to turn the power back on for us? Because it's not working. And, you know, how many people in our society actually know how to how to rebuild or regenerate a uh, power grid? It's one of the doomsday, you know, doomsday preppers, these doomsday guys. One of the things they worry is that the, a solar flare could possibly hit Earth at just the right velocity trajectory with enough energetic power to knock out our power grid and then we'd have to completely rebuild our power grid and it's not module our power grid is built um 
like in a string. So if one goes out, they're all done, you know? And that's the worry. I don't know how, you know, we we are lucky enough to live in a country where there are a lot of very smart people who think, you know, way ahead of the curve. So hopefully they're already addressing our power grid. But his whole point is it's like, uh, you know, are we going to walk out and say, uh, okay, is somebody going to turn the power back on for us? Um, how many, you know, how long could we survive without electricity now that we've had electricity? You know, honey, come lay down. Um, you know, how long could we survive if we didn't have electricity? Anyway, uh, sorry, I'm kind of stumbling and uh, pitter-pattering, but, you know, if if... Once we have an innovation, it is impossible to forget that that innovation existed. The The next thing that you would do is you would say, okay, well, let's figure out how we can make this power work. How how can we make it happen? Anyway, my, my last thing that I was going to say is I figured out a new way that I'm going to measure success from now on. It's the amount of time that I can spend barefoot. So if... If I spend an entire day barefoot, I consider that a very successful day. I consider that a relaxing day. I feel like I got a lot done, even though if I'm not wearing shoes, I probably didn't get anything done. So it's just a different way, a different metric. Um, if I, if I, if I ever get to a point where I don't have to put on shoes, I will have made it. But then again. Having to do something is really a matter of perspective. You know, uh, a lot of people would say it's a failed perspective. If, you know, like I get to go to work. I mean, I actually mean that with like the fire department. It's a great job with a great group, group of guys and they let me come to work. You know, they let me make money. It's a great way of making money, you know. And that's, you know, you talk to all these workaholics like Steve Jobs or, you know, you got uh, Elon Musk or these guys. They get to go to work. Or they got to go to work. I mean, I guess, uh, what's his name's dead. But, you know, they they were doing it for their own pleasure, not really for the pleasure of anybody else or the, the understanding of anybody else. But anyway, my neighbor's backing his truck in, so it's about to get real noisy. So I'm going to go ahead and leave you. I'm ending, and I'm going to play you out with Chewy. That's C-H-U-U-W-E-E, a song called Unity off of his 2017 release of Paradiso. Um, Keep it real, people. If they went the other, what if consciousness is the same? I was thinking, what if me to me is the same as me to a dolphin? The way you think of yourself when you say the word me, I was like, what if that's exactly how a dolphin feels? They're just living life through different biology, different genetics, different life experiences. But if I lived a dolphin's life, I would be him. And if he lived my life, he, I, he would be me. And then I started thinking, what if that's the case with people? What if everyone is exactly the same? We're just living life through different bodies. What if that's the secret of happiness? The problem with treating... Everybody, as if it's you living another life, is you want to fucking smack yourself. Half the people you meet, you just want to fucking smack them. We live in the weirdest time ever. See, I mean, this is the most awesome time ever. But it's the weirdest time ever, too. We're like that close to President Trump. Hey. Yeah. Hey. All right. 
Yes, I gotta be for the kids, so I'm pipe piping. Lead them niggas to better land with a higher brightness, higher conscience. I'm trading lands, overcoming spite, overstanding. I'm making plans, I've been reenlightened. Keep my future in both hands, I don't take it lightly. These hoes trapped, she's gotta have it like Spike Lee and White Nikes. The low life who live high key, I might be to that money vent I keep, then I flee. I've been chasing real life dreams within my sleep and everything the kid might need within my reach. Nobody help me grow my plants and trim my weed. Nobody had to hold my hand, this shit not sweet. My nigga, you a grown ass man, still subtweeting. You don't want the beef for the ham. It's fake thug season, you don't want unity, fam. Still beefing over girls who don't wear real hair with four men. I'm not scared, I do not hide. I be outside, sun in my eyes. Demons we face, see the daylight. Looking for some change, ran into some spite. Trying to stay afloat while you swimming high tide. That could be a bitch, gotta make a mind. Looking for a way, all in one stride. I N I U N I T Y. They was saying that boy Chaz unconscious. General populist opinion is so unpopping. I can't be centered with these lambs on that dumb knowledge. I slowed it down in the neighborhood, drunk driving. So now it ain't no more down days. I'm high siding. All these niggas just making really loud side comments. Eye catching, I might just pull up on you, jaw dropping. There's so much trouble in the world, I get off topic. But to the Syrians, my problems all microscopic. I pour some liquor for my friends with the stars shining. False timing, gotta roll up a cigar and light it. I get arthritis every. Everything I touch, rose gold, call me King Midas Everywhere I go, the sun goes high and almighty All my niggas want a blonde white, be moving blonde nightly All I wanted was some old school smoking on the finest I'm not scared, I do not hide I be outside, sun in my eyes Demons we face, see the daylight Looking for some change, ran into some spite Trying to stay afloat, like you swimming high tide That could be a bitch, gotta make a mind Looking for a way, all in one stride Looking for a way, all in one stride. I N I U N I T Y.